I'll have you sing it once again with me. And rather than sing it like a lullaby, we'll sing it like a song, like a putting words to your, putting music to your words. He came to me. He came to me when I could not come to where he was. He came to me. Sing it like a, like an event in your life. What'd you do? Maybe you want to close your eyes and just think about that. I'm just wanting to create that kind of an atmosphere. Sing it, brother. Father, we're indebted forever that you came to us. When you came, our life was changed. Our life was transformed by the transforming power, which we could not even begin to comprehend. But you have done it. And we've gathered here this morning for various reasons. Perhaps some say, well, it's Sunday and we always go to church. But may it be more than that. May it become a time when we come and speak to you, and you speak to us. May it be a time, oh God, that this will be a house of prayer, a house of communicating with you. Heavenly Father, bless your word now, and we pray that we'll be worthy to read your words, things that you've spoken things that were in your heart, things that you had intended shall be, and they shall be. Oh, God, whether we see it or do not see it, they shall be. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We speak, O Lord, to you as our Father. We pray your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Anoint us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, you enjoyed, I'm sure, Brother Dodd's comments about Faith Challenge Report. Well, I haven't read it yet. I'm certainly going to read it. And uh, I trust you'll be blessed this week as you ponder the things that God has for us. May this Sunday be uh, a Sunday that we different from others. I just pray that you'll have a testimony such as I had just a moment ago. I maybe just said it quickly. I was standing where Brother Tom is sitting, and I was standing and I was just singing, He Came to Me. It was just another course, but that day it was a different course. 
that day it was different words. And I don't even know if the author of the song felt what I felt. Thought that day he came. Remember when he looked at you? Saw you? What did he see in you? And so I, I pray that today will be a blessed time in his presence. Amen. Amen. I'll have you take your Bible and because I'm going to uh, be speaking from, I'm going to speak from the old creation and the new creation, our first birth and our second birth, and why believers, even believers, have a lot of trouble, have a lot of difficulty, because we're living in both places at the same time. That's, and Brother Ernie, you laid a wonderful foundation for that on Wednesday. It was really wonderful. Someone was asking me, I was smiling. Of course I was smiling through the whole time. I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the word real, a whole lot is what I'll say. And, uh, a few, a few weeks ago, Brother Tom preached a series. And I don't know if you caught it as in a series, but he started on the theme, Hear Ye Him. And then the second service, he spoke on uh, those that heard him, said, but blessed are your ears, for they hear, for the things they hear, and your eyes, for the things a lot of people could see physically, but they weren't seeing what they were given to see. And then I think the third service was, and you'll just forgive me, Tom, if I'm not exactly on cue here, but I think the third service was that uh, you could see and you could hear. Even if you wanted to, you could see and hear only by his grace and by his predestinated and you'll only see and hear what you hunger and really hunger after today. Uh, it, it won't, it's, God's not gonna force it down your throat. It's something you will need to hunger for, you desire for, you think about it, you ponder it, and you think about His greatness and your unworthiness, and when you see things in the, in the light that they really are. And I'm just seeking to prepare you for what I have further to say. Amen. Amen. And then in that third service, uh, the, the last service at least, whether it was the third or fourth service, it was that we, uh, we are predestinated to a certain purpose. And God does he opens our eyes, causes us to see, causes us to hear, because it is to direct our life in a certain pre-planned direction. And God has his intent. In fact, is <clears throat> that's why you were, perhaps <clears throat> some of you may be born in the home you were born in. He wanted you to hear certain things. Perhaps others of you worked with someone who you worked with, a, a colleague, or you ran into somebody 
and they just casually said something to you and it just that was different and you followed on or you got invited to church this this is a church it's not a church church this is just a building that we come we come to hear the word of God we come to let the Holy Spirit have his way and that's the whole desire and failing that we fail completely there's all kinds of churches all kinds of buildings they're monuments is what they are and we don't want this to be just a monument we don't want this just to be a formality if this is just a formality to you ask the Holy Spirit jar me from that jar me out of that and let me know that I'm here for a divine purpose for to meet a divine have a divine meeting with the Holy One of Israel Amen God bless you now with, uh, I'll just have you take your Bibles if you would if you don't have a Bible share it with the one right next to you because I'd like you to read from John the uh, 17th chapter and the 11th to the 16th verse and while you're turning I might as well say this to you because it came to my mind today and I said Father let me be worthy to read these words. This is not just some printed words on a page. This is the prayer of Jesus Christ. We're not worthy to even read it. Cause us to be worthy. And it's a conversation earlier in John. Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus. And we will turn to that just after. <clears throat> I'm going to turn this on so you can read it. And now <clears throat> I am no more in the world. I like you to notice the word in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father... Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. <clears throat> While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled." And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Not his, not a distress, but a joy fulfilled in themselves. Not something hilarious or jovial as such, but a deep settled joy. Verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. And I would like you to notice now the word of, O-F. They are not of the world. They haven't proceeded from the world. They may have gone through the school system. They may have gone through further education, but they're not of the world. 
They may earn a living there and survive and raise a family, but they're not of the world. They're not a product of the world. And the world hath hated them, and they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray that thou shouldest take them. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 16. And I'm going to turn back to, uh, in John's Gospel, to uh, John the third chapter. And I just want to read a couple of verses. Uh, starting John 3 and the third verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, that was Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is another birth. Except a man be born again, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And I want to answer, no, he couldn't, because if he, with the birth that he had, entered into the second second time into his mother's womb and was born, it would still be flesh. It would still be death. It would still be sinful, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. So Jesus answered, verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, we had our first birth, and that's why we're here. You're all here, and uh, you have a a father and a mother someplace. But you were born in sin. And you were shaped in iniquities. And you came with a human nature. And you came uh, as a result of unbelief. You're the product of unbelief. Eve disbelieved the word. Adam went to redeem her. And... Uh, so the first birth, we're born in sin and shapen in iniquities. Secondly, we're born subject to pain, to disease, to sickness. You're born subject to those things. We have wars, all kinds of infirmities, and because of that birth. This birth that I'm speaking of now, the second birth. The second birth is the beginning of the creation of God. I'd like you to, if you have your Bible, if you just turn also to Revelation, the third chapter. And I was very uh, 
affected by this particular verse. Revelation, the third chapter, and the fourteenth verse. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen. Now, a few moments ago, we were reading words that he spoke on earth. Spoke to mortal ears. There are very few that will understand these words. But now he's still speaking. And under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, under the messenger of that church, he has a special message. And he didn't even say speak, he said write. These things saith the angel. These things saith the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. This is the beginning of another creation. The beginning of the creation of God. It isn't that God failed in the first creation. God knew it was going to go that direction. Because we sit here in a body through that creation, and we're all born in sin. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what you've believed. That has nothing to do with it. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquities. And in this body, we will get older. We will get weaker. Brother Branham even asked a man, he said, Is it not true that as I eat food, and it's digested in this body. He may not have used those words, but he said, as I eat food and I eat the vegetables and so on, I get stronger. Yes, he said, that's, that's correct. You get stronger. It's because it's bringing blood cells into the bloodstream and you get stronger. He said, then how is it that I eat today? I still eat the same food. I still eat the same potatoes and eat the same meat and so on, but I get weaker. And the man didn't have an answer for him. He gets weaker. You get weaker. Eating the same food, but you don't regenerate the same as you do when you're younger. So we have a mixed audience here today. We have some of you that are receiving the benefits of what you eat on that end. But gradually, as time goes on, you'll find that it, it, it becomes more, uh, more weight than you want. Uh, it doesn't do what you want it to do. You know, I say, I used to be able to always do this. I could always do this. Well, we don't anymore. Sister Biscoll sitting back there, she used to run like an antelope. Uh, today, it's more difficult even to walk steady. Same thing with myself. And so that is one birth. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must, you must be born again. 
You cannot see the kingdom of God until you're born again. It, it isn't, friends, that you sit in this church or any other church. That will not give you the vision that you need to have. You can clean your glasses and do whatever you wish, but that doesn't give you the vision. You must be born again, and then you shall see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I can tell you that this life that you're representing today, sitting in the seat that you're in, will end. Then a prophet of God, his words will mean so much to you when his words and he spoke and said that this life, are you listening? This life only changes. There's no change actually. You, you, and this life, you step into another life. You just take one footstep as Brother Ernie was describing to us on Wednesday night. And you take one step, it'll be in time, and you'll take another step, and you'll be in eternity. If you're born again. Amen. Allow me just to read, I want to read something that I thought of you, Brother Ken Andes, because <clears throat> you put so much meaning and depth to the church ages. And I really appreciate that. Brother Branham says in the church ages, <clears throat> just a moment, please. It's in the Laodicean church age, page 336. He says, But now he is standing in the midst of his church, speaking of Christ, as he stands there revealing who he is in this last age. He calls himself the author of the creation of God, which we just read. He calls himself the author of the creation of God, This is another creation. This has to do with the church. This is a special designation of himself. He is the creator. As John's gospel says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that is made. He created all things. So now he is saying, this is another creation. This has to do with the church. In other words, he's going to create something. This is a special designation of himself. He is the creator of that church. The heavenly bridegroom created his own bride. As the Spirit of God... As the Spirit of God, he came down and created in the Virgin Mary the cells from which his body was born. I want to repeat that. He created the very cells in the womb of Mary for that body. It was not enough for the Holy Spirit to simply give life to a human ovum supplied by Mary. 
that would have been sinful mankind producing a body that would not have produced the last Adam are, are you receiving this of him it, is, it was said lo a body hast thou father hast thou prepared for me God not Mary provided that body Mary was the human incubator and she carried that holy child and brought him to birth. It was a God-man. He was the Son of God. He was the new creation. Man and God met and joined. He was Colossians 1 and 18, for he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn, from the dead. Hallelujah. And in, and in all things, he may, he may have the preeminence. Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, I, w- I wish to have this on the slides, but I don't have it prepared for you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You believe that? You are a new creation if any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. There you can see that uh, though man was of the old order or creation, now in union with Christ, and here's the key, in union with Christ, He has become the new creation of God. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are his workmanship, created in union with Christ unto good works. Ephesians 4 and 24. And that you might put on the new man. This is how you do it. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness... This new creation is not the old creation made over, or it could not be called a new creation. This is exactly what uh, this, uh, this is exactly what it says it is: new creation. It is another creation, distinct from the old one. No longer is he dealing by the ways of the flesh. This was this was how he dealt. With Israel, he chose Abraham as a man of, of, of the flesh. And of Abraham's issue, see, God had promised him seed. Of Abraham's issue, uh, through the godly Isaac line. But now out of every kindred, tribe, and nation, he has pr- proposed a new creation. He is the first of that that creation. He was God created in the form of man. Now, by his spirit, he is creating many sons unto himself. God the creator creating himself a part of his creation. Isn't this wonderful? This is the new revelation. This is the new revelation of God. This was his purpose. 
And then I have underlined and highlighted, this purpose took form through election. And I could continue on, but I want to just stop there. You cannot supersede the election of God. You're sitting here by his election. You owe a debt to him, to thank him, to worship him, because he simply elected that you'd be born in a certain place. I want to just speak about these two births for a moment. I've been pondering them for days, weeks in fact. You that are mothers and fathers, well, by with technology, maybe you didn't know it was a boy or a girl, but you knew very little. And, and, and that's not thanks to you, that's thanks to technology. Uh, when my daughters were born, they wouldn't even let me go into the, to the, see where the children were. I was not permitted. I could only look at them through a glass. You say, how horrible. Well, that's part of my life. That's a horrible part of my life. Yeah, I couldn't even see my daughters. I couldn't even see my children. That's, you know, for a husband to stand there, it's very humiliating. Yeah, it's my seed, but I can't even see them. I can't. They've got to put this glass between me and my child, and my wife is sitting there. Our last daughter that is sitting here t- today, Tom's wife, Joanne, uh, I was working, and so I raced home because I was going to fix myself something to eat real quick and run down to the hospital. And so I phoned nurse's station, and I said, how's Ruth Biscoll? She said, she's about the same. I said, oh, okay, fine. I had lots of time. So uh, about 25 minutes later, I got a phone call, and it was from the hospital. And my wife was on the phone. I said, oh, hi, I, I just talked with the nurse's station. And uh, she said, well, it's a girl. <laughs> I said, oh, come on. I said, I, 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 I know better. I've just talked to the nurse. And she said, everything's probably the same. No, she said, it's a girl. I said, you're kidding. And uh, what I didn't know is that her father came in to see her. And uh, the bed was empty. And uh, there was another sister there that uh, we knew and uh, related by marriage. And uh, and, she, and uh, she was there. She said, well, I, I think she maybe just went down to the washroom or something. So he said, well, I'll just go. There's another old timer here. I'll go and visit him and then I'll come back. So he came back in about 20 minutes or half an hour. He came back after a little time of visiting and, and she's in her bed. And, uh, well, he said, I was just in here. She said, well, it's a girl. And <laughs> that was a shock to him as well. And so I, I raced down to the hospital, of course. It was a girl. And I had prayed, because I had doubted my own prayer, I guess. I prayed for a son. And I said, if it's a girl, just make it that they all can sing. <laughs> and so that part of my request I got <laughs> but the other part I didn't get I I wanted a boy but a, I never got a boy I got three girls alright that's natural birth but isn't it isn't it incredible that something this dynamic 
something so life-changing, something that's going to change your entire home and your life at home and maybe your job and all of these things, you don't have anything to say about it. Isn't that amazing? Heavenly Father, something like this, and I don't have anything to say about it. And I'd, furthermore, you have nothing to say about their nature or their character or what they're going to like or what they're going to dislike. You, you have very little, whether they've got skills or whether they're gifted. You don't know anything about it. You say, well, I'll, I'll do everything I can. Well, you can do everything you can, but if the kid hasn't got it, they don't have it. You can't put it in them. Uh, I know a little bit about that. I had I had one daughter. You know, I I have a lot of experience, and I had one daughter, and she, she would she would come and tap on my cheek at about three thirty in the morning, many many mornings. Yes, Marilyn, she'd be standing there in her little nightgown and tapping, and and she it was like the Chinese torture treatment, I believe they had. <laughs> And she would just tap on, she would tap on there as long as it took for me to open my eyes. And uh, she couldn't say her R's either at that time, which is no surprise. I couldn't say it till I was about eight. But she would tap on my face, and then when I'd open my eyes, she'd say, I need a pencil and a paper. Because she was going to be an artist someday. Now you ought to see when she takes a pen in her hand, uh, and I and and I sit there and say, "How do you know to do that?" Well, it was back there. I should have known when she was saying, "I need a pencil and a paper," that she was trying to tell me I got it in me, and I have to do something about it. I need a pencil and a paper, so I get up and get her a pencil and a paper. That was a natural birth. Natural birth, as wonderful as it might be, we're born in sin and shape and iniquities. Regardless of how beautiful you are or how young you are, or and that has nothing to do with it. You're still going to get stooped over, and your still hair is going to turn white, and you're still going to get wrinkled and and uh, and shaky when you get older. If that happens, it's uh, that's this life. Thank God that there's a new birth. Thank God there's another birth. It's not wishful thinking. It's not in our mind. And I want to talk about these two. Do I have a few minutes? We have a second birth. The beginning of the creation of God. The beginning of the creation of God comes and washes away the deformities of the first birth. It's either a weaker birth or it's a stronger birth. And my conviction to you is it's a stronger birth. There's a light that comes within the body uh, to this, in this flesh, in this beginning of the creation of God, or this, shall I say, this old creation. And you know, there's some light. Uh, we have light. I don't know how to describe it exactly. We can say, well, because you can speak or because you can see or because, well, it, it has a measure of light. But the second birth is a perfect light. The second birth, 
your thinking will be correct. And your thinking will not be of doubt or unbelief. There's a complete change between the new birth, uh, second birth, and the first birth. The beginning of the creation of God comes and washes away the deformities of sin. And uh, the mar of the effects of unbelief. You know, when the serpent and Eve had their initial conversation, it wasn't just what was spoken, but it was a displacement of headship. The Bible says clearly that she should have been able to go and talk to her husband. But neither was he able to give her the kind of instruction that she needed. Uh, I'm just thinking of something that I perhaps should say and I don't want to say. But, and I have said this over the pulpit here. When Brother Branham speaks about the masterpiece and how Michelangelo struck that masterpiece when he finally saw it, what was an image in his mind and he finally saw it there and he says he, he maybe pecked at it for years and someone maybe would say, why are you pecking at that? Why are you hitting that stone? But when he finally saw the image of what he had in his mind. He thought it should speak to him. And he struck it on the knee and made a mar. He marred the image. And he said, speak! Because he thought it should speak to him. It looked so real. It was such a fulfillment of what he saw in his mind. And Brother Branham says, and it could only take a prophet. You couldn't say this with human intellect. He said the mar is what made it the masterpiece. And we think now of the mar of the first birth. And we were marred. You can take a child out of a good home, out of good Christian parents, and put him up in the mountain where he'll never see any evil or never... Uh, never contact anything. He won't see other peers of his, of his age dabbling in sinful things, but he'll still have a sinful nature. He'll still come against things that are right and pure and so on. And that's because he'll be, he could be better, but the gospel didn't come to make people better. prophet said in the message he swore by himself he says and Jesus Christ formed from a blood cell and the outside shield of the cell itself which is billions times billions smaller than the human eye can see but that was the body 
The Lord Jesus inside of that was God himself. Wrapped himself around the blood cell in order to take his own blood and to spill his own blood. Or give it freely that we, uh, through the breaking of that blood cell, to our, to our mortal, to our mortal, when it, when it breaks and our life leaves from here to go out through the redemption of the blood that God required. We can, we can be brought into that body and brought a part of God himself as a son of God. Brother, if you can digest that, it'll sure do you good. I wish I had some way to just show you what it, what, what it is. Just think of God, Jehovah, coming down into the womb of a woman, overshadowed, come down in that, in the, uh, down in the, down to spirit, and he's in them. Where is he? He's the creator himself. He made the very woman in the womb. He made the very woman in the womb that, uh, that he was in right then. God made, I, excuse me, but it's not always easy to, easy to read exactly as the prophet speaks. God made himself little, came down and got into his blood, own, into this blood cell. And his, and he began to build something around him. What was it? He said, when the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and put a blood cell in, into her womb, in creation, God the Creator made that, made that and, and that came to be the Son of God. Amen. Outside of believing that, you're lost. All you could do, you have to believe that in order to be saved. Now here we have the beginning of the creation of God. I have a thought that I want to convey to you, and I think that I will just uh, speak it to you. Now I've established there is a new birth, there's an old birth, and a new birth. I want this congregation to understand, except ye be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can do a lot with this. You can go shopping. You can go fix it up. You can get your hair cut. You man, you can look fine. You can go to the gym and all of that other stuff. But still one day, you're going to lay on a cold slab. Whether you're a Bill Gates with 20 or 30 or 40 billion dollars, just paper, or where you're somebody who's in debt, you'll all lay on the slab, and that's where you'll find common ground. 
when the ecumenical movement was moving and everybody was joining this and speaking in tongues and so on and so forth, I was in a house on Vancouver Island as a result of the radio broadcast. And the family who owned that house, they're in Brother Roger Smith's church in Abbotsford to this day. And they invited me to come there, and Brother Amy Mulan. How many remembers Brother Amy Mulan? Put your hands up high. So he's not a stranger to the congregation. Brother Amy Mulan was in his brother, was his brother in the flesh. He was a hopeless, hopeless, hopeless alcoholic. He was a good Catholic. And he gave himself to go to Borneo, and the islands in the South Sea to work on a gospel ship. He thought, surely I will find peace with God and I will find freedom from this demon of alcohol. And he came to the knowledge of the message as a result of my visit over there. He wasn't there. He heard of it through his brother. But I remember they were seated on the floor, started here, went around some in chairs, there were 22 people. And I said, I didn't know what to say, really. I just came there as a visitor. And I was looking to the Lord that I could say something of value. So I said, now, I don't know you. You're all strangers to me. I said, this person over here might be Salvation Army. This one might be Catholic. And this one over here might be a Baptist. And I, I went around, this may be Jehovah's Witness, this may be whatever, and I just named all the different groups that I could recall quickly. And I said, now I would like to have, the Bible says, now I'm quoting the Bible, the Bible says that Jesus, the Word, was made flesh. I said, I would like the real Jesus to stand up. Nobody stood up. I said, and I read from the scripture, I said, this is Christ. This is him. And I said, I know that the Salvation Army, they describe Jesus one way, and uh, Catholics another way, and uh, Baptists another way, and I know that they do not agree. I said, who has Jesus? I'm confused. I want to know. Who has Jesus? And and as a result, the, the owner of the home gave his life to this Jesus that he was hearing. Now, I'm, I'm coming to my main thought in just a moment. So I want you listening real nice. And I said, this Jesus... This word, this, we refer often to the word, but the words of God, please, just give me your full attention. Thank you. Your mother, when your father's seed, I'm speaking to adults now, your father's seed came to the womb of your mother, and your mother ate of 
the vegetation of the earth, the herbs, the fruit, whatever more. You are a product of the word of God. Even this shell here. You are a product of the word of God in that, in that sense. You also are a product of Eve's, Eve's disobedience of disbelief. That's why a prophet comes and says, sin is not the drinking and the smoking and the gambling. That's not sin. Those are the attributes of sin. Even adultery and all of those things are the attributes of sin. The sin is not believing the fullness of the word of God. That's the sin. I hope you get that. We all came the same way. Our mothers and fathers were product of the earth. Jesus Christ himself, the body, was formed. The Bible says, she believed, let it be unto me as thou hast spoken. She believed, the Virgin Mary believed the word of God that a virgin would conceive. And the prophet of God, you'll not hear it anywhere else. So pay real strict attention. The prophet of God said, those words, those words that were spoken by the prophet, because it wasn't a man, it wasn't just Isaiah speaking, it was God issuing his intent concerning the new creation through her, through their, his mouth said, a virgin shall conceive. And he says, those words anchored in her heart, in her, in the womb of Mary. And, and, and those words anchored in her womb. Here she is, a vessel of the earth. And those were eternal words that were spoken by the mouth of God had a different intent. I hope you're able to understand. Even though, even though she herself was a product of the earth, her mother ate the vegetables and so on. And she's going to continue to eat to give a, 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 a human life to a man. And God would be in him, reconciling the world to himself. And that is why he went to Calvary. People celebrate Easter. They know nothing about Easter. I tell you that this is a new creation, walking amongst an old creation. And friends, here's the struggle that you and I have. We are a new creation. We're a new creation by the Holy Spirit of God. He brooded over the earth. And up came the flowers and up came. And God said, let the earth bring forth. And it brought forth trees and herbs. Thou shalt eat of all the herbs and the plants and the things. And they could eat of it. But they could not partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and of that tree. In other words, there was an object that would present itself and they must not partake of that. And I can tell you, friends, today, this is not just my own thoughts, but you have to have the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. One person goes through further education 
and they can come out fine because they keep eating from another tree. They keep eating from the tree of life, which is greater than the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The light that's in the believer is greater than the darkness that's in the world. You can say amen to that. The message is greater. And now we have a people birthed by the Holy Spirit and feeding on the word that God gives to the believer. It's a divine thing. You have nothing, you go to the, you, you go to the store and you go to the fruit stand and you say, well, I'll have some of this and I'll have some of this dill and I'll have some turnips and I'll have, you had nothing to do with bringing that forth. The people who weeded the garden had nothing to do with it. It grew because God said it back there. Let the earth bring forth. And I drive past the fields here on 40th Avenue and I think, Oh God, how man just, uh, is so benefited from the, from what you said hundreds and thousands of years ago. Let the earth bring forth. Every season it brings forth and we go to the store and we think that we're wonderful. I'm able to go to Saban Foods or Safeway or wherever more and buy all of these vegetables. We didn't have anything to do. The man who put them there didn't have anything to do. The man who bought them and paid for them and the farmer who sprayed it, he doesn't have anything to do with it. The earth brought it forth. And our mothers and fathers ate it and produced us by the act of marriage. We didn't have very little to do. We had very little to do with bringing ourselves forth. And then you went to a church. You went to a certain place. And this one preaches that and that one preaches something else. And and they made denominations and made creeds and made books. And you had to believe these books or something. And then Satan is so subtle. He said, see... They just got books. They just got something to believe. Well, Jesus also believed something. He said, what Moses said to do, that do. But don't be as these people who say it, but don't do it. I stood here and read, and I felt unworthy reading John 17. Don't John 17 ever, don't ever look upon John 17 as just some verses in the Bible. It's more than that. It's a man of God, the son of God, son of the living God, speaking these things to his father. And he says, Father, I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. Be with them. I've kept them from the world. He's kept you from the world. And then he turned around and said, These are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I'm not the product of the world. I'm the product. He didn't even claim to be the product of Adam and Eve. He was a product of Almighty God. And we have been birthed by the Holy Ghost. We've been birthed. That's not just a phrase. We've been birthed by the Holy Spirit of God. It has brooded upon this word. These seeds. This happens to be God's seed. 
Human seed brings forth all kinds of life. Human seed brings forth all kinds of life. Some that God will destroy. And some that God will take as his own family. Human seed. You know who are yours. Your relatives and whatever more. But God's seed is this. And the Holy Spirit comes and broods upon this seed. And sparks to life. The human seed. The sperm of the man. I'm speaking now to adults. The human sperm of the man goes. And you'll understand something in just a moment. But it goes and of all those millions of germs, one will go and attach itself to the egg of the female and to the wall where it's intended and the organs. Who put those organs there? God himself. He made the whole thing. Who did the conception? God. And by election, he elected some. Some he elected. This will be my child. He doesn't care where they were born. He doesn't care what color they are. He doesn't care. He gave them the color of their eyes and the color of their hair. He gave it all at that time. That's God's doing. Are we glad for God's plan? Oh, thank you, friends. We thank, we thank our Heavenly Father. It is such a marvelous plan. And then, now here is a God. He brought about the first creation, and it fell. He brought about the second creation, and it does not fall. It does not fail. And down through the centuries, he sent his messengers, and the world slew them. Jesus said, you kill the prophets. Fill up the cup of the prophets because, fill up the cup of wrath because he knew they were not accepting him. Are you following me? And almighty God who created all things and the earth and all of these things, he's not going to allow, he's not going to allow the product of the new birth to be overcome by the product of the earth. He's not going to, he's not going to allow the new creation to be overcome by the old creation. And so the Holy Spirit brooded upon the earth. We know that. And up came the growth and the vegetables and so on and so forth and the prophet Brother Branham even speaks of it. And I hope that you have the capacity to understand that the product of the old birth has brought this life. And Satan, he just plays games. He tantalizes with it and all kinds of things and makes things that are so, uh, have such an effect upon the emotions. And Brother Ernie, that's why I so enjoyed the service that he took the power of the senses and how Satan so tantalizes those senses. And and anyone who has not got the new birth, 
they'll be taken by these. But when you have the new birth, it's not when you're old, naturally, when you have the new birth. I didn't have any interest in the world. When I was just a teenager before we were married, I had a vehicle. And I had guys that had come by, they'd come by where I worked and say, do you want a drag race? I thought, drag race, are you crazy? Why did I think that what he thought was exciting was a crazy to me? I don't, ha- I don't know. I can't explain that. I just can't explain that. And here I got something now I want to ask you. I was the age of some of you young men. I had to work too. We had to work and earn very little money. It was before credit cards. And I couldn't run up the gas pumps and get money that way, get credit that way. But I had a hunger. That's what I want to ask you about. That's why I'm standing here today. Had a hunger, a hunger. I was so hungry for the things of God. So we heard that there was a meeting. My wife went with a friend and some pick up her car or something. I didn't know. It was 350 miles from where we lived. I got on a motorcycle. I had a motorcycle. I had to work until 5 or 6 o'clock. And after that, then I got on the motorcycle and started to drive into Alberta, to northern Alberta, to a city called Manning, Alberta. There was very little pavement. It was mostly, it was cold, colder than it is outside. But it reminds me of the time. This is still the same person. It was these legs I threw over a motorcycle. And I got, and we didn't have nice outfits that you could buy. They were weatherproof. And I drove till way late in the night. And it was becoming one and two o'clock in the morning and past Grand Prairie, Brother Tim. And over the Smoky River. And it got, it got very cold at night. And I was pounding these legs to keep them from freezing. Yeah, these legs. Legs of the earth. Legs of the first creation. But inside was another creation. Inside there was a hunger. The new man was so hungry for God. And I pulled into a place where I see a light off in the, and I just have something in the human nature. I just, oh, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt their evening as one, at about two o'clock in the morning. And then there was light right beside the road in a little log house. So I just pulled quickly off. I couldn't go any further. And I leaned the motorcycle against the wall, came to the front door, just heard a man inside yell, Come on in! So I opened the door, and here's a guy at the back, and he's got his feet up on the table. He's reading a book. He said, Do you ever hear this author? He named the author. I thought, 
I'm a total stranger. But, you know, we never worried about anybody coming in to rob anybody. That was out of our mind. And he said, do you ever read a book by this soul? I said, no, I haven't. No, I never did. So I said, listen, I, I just I just came up with a motorcycle. Oh, he said, I didn't hear it. I said, yeah, I parked it right outside. And I said, I'm just wondering if you got a place I can kind of camp over the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, bedroom's right there. You can stay there. I don't know. I don't know his name. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he was married or not married. It probably wasn't. But anyway, he said, you can just stay there. I'll make you bacon and eggs in the morning. And so I never did find out his name. <laughs> and I prayed, God, just make a place, give him a bed someplace, sometime. And I got up in the morning and went the rest of the way. You know why? And then there was about four inches of snow, fresh snow. And the cars were going by and they started to melt. And they thought it was fun. You know, they just splashed, splashed me up with, uh, with their cars. They sped by. And that was the only direction, only time we had a little bit of payment. And I finished off the trip. Why? Yeah. I was just hungry for a meeting. I just wanted to be in church that night. I don't know the name of the pastor. Yes, I do. His name was Erickson. I think he was a Baptist. Baptist and organization didn't mean nothing. Didn't mean nothing. It was in that atmosphere the prophet of God's ministry was born. And that's why we just accepted it. This is just a natural thing. And you know what we said? We said he's a prophet. We didn't, we didn't know any of the scripture. We didn't know Malachi 4. We didn't know Revelation 10. We just said, this is a prophet. This is what a prophet does. This is what a prophet says. And so we went to that meeting and, and, uh, I'm just going to tell you this and I'm, I'm finished with it. That night, I stayed in the sleeping bag with four or five other brothers at the back of the church in the kitchen or something. And I got down in that sleeping bag and I got such a burden. I got, I, I began to intercede. I didn't know what a Harley intercession was, but I knew what a burden was. Friends, this is a real life. This isn't just going to church Sunday morning. This is going so hungry and so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can speak or can lay something on your heart. You don't have to be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. It's God Almighty thinking what He's going to do tomorrow. And so I, I rolled and I wept and I groaned and I didn't know what I was praying for. And I groaned and rolled until I just was weak and I finally just went to sleep. In the morning, the pastor, I've never heard, he got up in the morning and he said, we grieved the Holy Spirit last night. He said, we grieved the Holy Spirit last night. I didn't know what he was talking about. Then he said, somebody prayed. And I went to him right after the service and I told him what happened to me. He said, that was it. He never said anything further. 
so there was a almost like a little mystery to the whole thing you know brother Branham speaks about people who are led by the Holy Ghost and they're almost mystics to the world the world can't understand that isn't two and two makes four that is that's above algebra that's that's something from another realm but when you're born again you're dictated to by the Holy Spirit and we have those things I don't tell about a lot of those things that happen regularly in this congregation supernatural things and that's what makes me to know there's a God in heaven has ordained himself he's ordained that we should believe and furthermore that is why ministry comes behind this pulpit and begins to speak from the message from the word and here I'm going to make known to you something that perhaps hasn't come to your mind The prophet said, lay cell upon cell, cell upon cell. Do you know anything about your body forming that you're sitting in right now? This is you. You know anything about it forming? You weren't around. Did you give any instruction or direction? Did your mother or father give any instruction or direction? This is how he's going to be. This is how she's going to be. It didn't have anything to do with it. And now a message comes. You don't know anything about the servant, the vessel. And God is pushing himself himself through clay redeemed clay and he takes a vessel and people to me it's so absurd forgive me but I think that people who rise themselves up in their mind and say well I this is what I think of William Branham and this is what I think of the Pope and this is what I think who cares what you think God's already decided. God's already got election. God is saying, and I am saying on his behalf, God says, election is mine. I do what I will. I do what I intend to do. And I will fulfill it. You, you can wrestle all you wish, friends. But God in the end, his will shall be done. And the elect say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is my, you are my father. And this is my uh, uh, attitude towards you. I bless your name. I worship you because you have brought me. Your Holy Spirit has, has brooded over the words. How will I? How will I know which words it is? He has selected certain ones. He selected a message for Philadelphia and for Thyatira and for Sardis. And he selected a message for Laodicea. 
And he says to John, write and tell him who's speaking. I'm the faithful one. I'm the amen of God. I'm the faithful messenger. And write these things to the angel or to the messenger, the angel of the church. And I wonder, I had not intended on saying much about this. familiar with all the destruction that's been taking place. And I'm just reading what others have said. The 2018 wildfire session is the most destructive on record in California with a total of 7,000 579 fires, burning an area of 1,667,855 acres. The largest amount of burned acreage recorded in a fire season, according the California Department of Forestry. Brother Branham spoke a message in Yuma, Arizona, right on the border. On December the 4th in 1965, listen close now. If you were Almighty God, women, men, if you were Almighty God, and you could sit on your throne. You say, well, now, this is the last message, and I send it to the earth. And I've said to my apostle, John, I've showed him gave him the message to the Laodiceans. Now I want you to write. Write it and send it to the angel of that church. Now the great eternal God, when that season comes, his spirit is directed. His spirit who's the author of this word See, now there's a certain thing that must be said. And I want you now to brood over these cells. Brood over 
this mighty, eternal, life-giving Word of God. There will be some elected people that will be living by the first birth. But I am not willing that they shall be destroyed. I am not willing that my enemy, our enemy, Satan, should foil my plan. These shall come forth. And I shall send this Holy Spirit, my spirit, to brood over the earth. Now the word has gone. Yeah, they put it into books. They put it into all kinds of theological seminaries, etc. And have declared this and that and the other thing. But I have a prophet down there. And I want you to get this message to him. And let him identify himself in the scripture, in my word. Let him identify himself. He's the one that must speak and say these things. And this is the one, this is the almighty speaking. This is the amen, the faithful and true witness. Furthermore, this is the beginning of the creation of God. And brood over these words. And as it's brooding over the words, the brooding of the great Son of God. It shines upon stones. Nothing happens. Shines upon some part of earth. And maybe vegetation comes. But shines upon some wheat. Gathered into my corner. I have much to say. And at the end of this age, these are the things that are going to take place. And this prophet, he spoke the message of rapture. You plan to be in the rapture. He spoke about the rapture. This is the fourth, the last message that he speaks. And it's three hours and 41 minutes by car to go to Rialto, California. And there he will preach things that are to be. And this is where much of this message even came from. He speaks of the relationship and of the coming of the children coming forth and then 40 minutes from there 40 minutes he'll speak the next night in San Bernardino and he'll speak their modern events made clear by prophecy and in that service he says this is a horrible time But it's the most glorious time in the world to preach the gospel. What's he talking? He's talking about the two, 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 two creations. It's a horrible time for the lost. It's the most glorious time to preach the gospel. That's the only way you can have a horrible time and a wonderful time. My friends, 
Believer friends, this is a horrible time, but it's a glorious time to stand for Christ and for the new creation of God. It's the most glorious time to preach the gospel. If I could have stood on the brink of time before it came into existence, and the Father would have looked at me and said, what time down through the ages would you want to preach? I'd want it right now. That's right. Just before the coming. Just before the coming of him. Oh, if I could only preach. Just before he comes. Just before this rapture, which he described just a f- two days ago. I would want to preach at this time. Even though it's a terrible time, it's a wicked time, and the thoughts of man's mind and intent are only evil continually. Friends, this world is fitted for destruction. California will be just child's play alongside of what's going to happen. The prophet of God spoke about the earth erupting. Coming forth. I'll tell you what, even down in Hawaii, they even tried to figure out how to stop the lava. They couldn't stop it and couldn't stop it from burning. This prophet of God said, and you can take whatever direction you want to take. I just say, I believe it. He said, the earth will burst forth. He said, I don't believe in, some, someone might say, I don't believe in a hell. You're standing on a, you're sitting this morning, Sunday morning, on a whole globe full of it. Forty minutes from San Bernardino when he was in Covina to preach the last service. I suggest you read all of those. Rapture, three hours, 40 minutes later, things that are to be. 40 minutes, another direction to Kavina, and there he preaches leadership. And he asks in there, who's leading you now? Who's leading you now? What about it, young fellows? Well, my teacher or my professor said such and such. His voice will be silent. He won't even be around. My boss, my superior said I was doing this, I was doing that. But what does he say? That's the one to listen to. That's the one to listen to. And all these other things we may just use. Use them. But say, this life will be given to hunger after God. 
That doesn't mean we just walk around, you know, and do nothing. No. But we have a direction. And God is our direction. I hope these things have meant something to you. I've been very affected by it. And so now, I say, well, what, what did you say? And I'm, I'm closing. What did you say in the last two hours? While you've sat here, there may be somebody you may have conceived. I'm speaking very plain. There may be some mother here that is conceived, and you don't even know it. You have no way of knowing it. But there may be an infant that has been conceived. We don't know. But in the new, in the new birth, maybe someone has conceived. Maybe a, a life has come into the individual heart, soul. I, I don't know where the spot is, but wouldn't that be more important? The other one's going to bring a human. This one's going to bring a son or daughter of God, born again of the Spirit of God. What are they going to do? Is it going to be another Fanny Crosby? Or is it going to be, what is it going to be? Another minister's wife? Or another preacher of the gospel? We don't know. We have no way of knowing. And it's not our business. I say, thy will be done. We'll be faithful to this word. Somebody will hear it. Somebody will be moved. Somebody will be fed. Oh, precious young people. Precious young people, just give your strength, give your future days to Him. Will you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, we've spoken what you've laid upon our hearts, and I have sought to deliver it to them, to the people, the congregation that you've gathered here today. I pray, Father, you'll take this church. Pray you'll take the congregation, the song leaders and the worship leaders, the musicians, O oh God, those that attend to the streaming and sending this word out, O oh God. We want to, we, we are not afraid to be identified with your messenger. O oh God, we thank you that you've sent him. We thank you that you have sent the Holy Ghost. You've not only guided him, but now you guide us into this word. And here we are, Lord, representing the message to the Laodicean church. We see a world that is falling apart. Oh, God, we see such confusion and everybody declaring to be the truth. We thank you, oh, God, that you speak your truth. And you confirm your truth. And you vindicate your truth. And we ask you to come forward, Lord, 
and vindicate, Father, I pray, the power of Christ, the power of Calvary in healing, O God. Our brother Peter, O God, raise him up, Father, not for our glory, but for your glory. Raise him up, O God. Our sister Helen Billsberger, raise her up, O God. Give her the use of her her body, O Father, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name, there may be many others that are suffering, Lord. Or there are others that Satan has attracted and he has done everything he can, Lord, to draw them aside. I pray, Father, it will be in vain. As of now, let the Holy Spirit come and invalidate what he is attempting to do. Lord, there's perhaps people that have been invited and are visiting for the first time. Oh, I pray, oh God, I pray, Father, in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that they will feel a a sensation of a pull, a drawing, oh God, a drawing that we cannot understand. One that will say, I will go. I will seek out these things. Lord, may they be like the Bereans. I pray, Father, you'll bless this service and the service tonight. And our brother John, that will journey with his family down to Renton. Oh, God, move by your Holy Spirit on this West Coast, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the glory. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Isn't he wonderful? He's wonderful. Yes, he is. Brother Tom. Thank you for your attention.
continued to play. I thought it was just the Lord that we showed a picture of a little baby at the beginning of a service, the natural. But how greater is that spiritual birth? That joy that bring that little baby will bring a home will be just tremendous. But the joy that brings the body of Christ is a new birth. And that is the most important thing. Not allowing the new creation to be overcome from the old creation. This new creation that God is creating. There's a deep calling to the deep. I don't know about you, but that's all I've been in in the last few days. Future home, things that are to be. It's a call. It's a pull. We're living in the two realms, in the two worlds. But I'm so thankful at a horrible time, as the pastor was saying, this is the most glorious time for the elect of God. And if you haven't come to this knowledge of salvation, or Jesus Christ is a personal Savior, maybe this is your service, and the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, saying, just surrender. I feel a pull. I want to pass from death unto life. I want to go into his glorious kingdom. I want to be carried away. I want to be raptured. I want to be changed. Maybe the word is speaking to you because each and every one must be born again. I feel the pull. Lord, speak. somebody here this morning that actually feels the pull or the tug of the Holy Spirit and God's dealing with your heart and you want to surrender in a greater way, a more consecrated way, a more dedicated way as the scripture was read this morning, you must be born again, it's not an option it's, it's, it's something that it comes from within If you're here this morning, you just want to lift up your heart, lift up your hand and say, Lord, save me, deliver me, set me free from the entanglements of sin and depression, from the burden of being lost, no hope, nowhere to go. But there's something within you that feels the pull that said, Lord, here am I, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. And Lord, with these hands and different ones raised around the room, you know the heart. You know the reason. Where some feel the pull and others, it just goes right over. 
So, Father, I pray that that hand is lifted up. That God, you'll reach down your hand and you'll start and kindle a fire that will never be quenched, Lord. That the Holy Spirit himself would breathe upon that life and bring forth a new creation by the word of life that was spoken this morning. Confirm your word, Lord. Confirm it in the hearts of your children and let the Holy Ghost have its free course and committing these hands and these lives and these needs to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's sing this glorious old song, Down From His Glory, Ever Living Story. Down from His
in him. What a savior. What a redeemer. This great mystery unfolded. God has come today to reveal it to the sons and daughters of God. How happy we should be. How thankful we should be that actually we did feel the pull of God. Amen. And I don't know what to say because Brother Briscoll just just spoke the last half of his story. I turned over, turned over to Brother John. I said, I'm in a heap of trouble. I'm preaching on fire tonight. Birthed by the fire of God. So God has a continuity and we just pray that you'll come expecting, come praying. That we also could have the fire of God. There's a reason why there's fires going on. Because there's a holy fire descending. And there's another fire that's come so that we can ascend. May God bless you. May the presence of God go with you. May you ponder these things as Mary did when she heard the salutation of an angel. She pondered these things within her heart. We've heard from God this morning. So God bless you. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.